guys. Welcome back to episode 9. I'm Allie, the host of this podcast. And it's been a hot minute. The last episode went up in 2020. So, um, a very, very late Happy New Year from all of us. We took the two months off to relax for the holidays and to brainstorm new ideas. Which makes us sound prepared, and we're definitely not. Because I was writing this introduction like 20 minutes ago, and I saw Bird also writing out her bit 20 minutes ago <laughs> at the time. <laughs> That's enough about behind-the-scenes stuff. This episode's a bit of a throwback. Our second episode was me, Dana, and Kitty chatting about our ace experiences, and today I'm sitting down with Bird and McAllis to do the same thing. McAllis, you haven't been around since, like, the intro episode, and Bird, you haven't been around since, I think, episode four. And I make everyone introduce themselves, regardless of when the last time they've been on was so go ahead and have at it okay uh hi i'm michaelis and uh my pronouns are she her but i also kind of go by it it's sometimes because i'm part of the the void punk subculture as well and uh that's that's pretty much it for me uh so hi i'm bird i go by she her and i identify as pan romantic ace currently anyway <laughs> Looking at our script outline, McAllis, you have like 10 bullet points and Bird has an entire essay. <laughs> we talked about this. Yeah, I'm treating this like a confessional booth, so get ready for baggage, everyone. <laughs> and I was worried that we were going to struggle to fill out this hour. You'll never struggle as long as I'm here. Okay, McAllis, uh, yeah, you and Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, basically I've known since I hit puberty that I'm ace, and when I hit puberty my mom gave me the birds and the bees, which I was I was raised Catholic so we didn't really talk about sex. So birds and the bees was basically, don't do it unless you're married, and if you're married you're not going to need a tutorial for it, nature's just going to find a way. Uh, which I thought was A plus sex ed. But then I kind of thought afterwards like, well, if I do get married and have sex and find out I don't like it, I'll be stuck having sex for the rest of my life with the person that I don't want to be having sex with and just as an aside like sex is basically required at least once in a catholic marriage so you can't get away from it if you are married and mm. so yeah I, I thought like maybe this would be like a trap if i got into marriage and then i realized i didn't want to have sex and i should have realized then that that was like some ace instinct so i i figured like well i want to know what's expected of me if i do get married so i went on google and wikipedia because also Catholic education, sex wasn't covered in biology. So then I figured out the mechanics of sex. I was like, yeah, no, I definitely don't want to do that. And I was like 11 or 12 at this point. I hit puberty really young. I was really afraid to talk to my parents about it because I didn't want them to be disappointed that I didn't want to get married or angry that I educated myself about the birds and the bees. And so then I kind of had next few years constant existential crisis. Every time I just thought about the idea that I'd probably have to get married one day. Cause also at, at this time my mind wasn't really open and I didn't realize that being a single woman was actually a, a viable option. Mm -hmm. So then I, I kind of, while I was having these existential crises, trying to figure out like, was, was I maybe actually a repressed lesbian with a lot of internalized homophobia? And I came to the conclusion like, it wasn't that I didn't want to have sex with guys cause I wanted to have sex with women. It was just like, I didn't want to have sex at all. And so I kind of ended up thinking that I was probably broken because I didn't know the word asexual back then. And then in high school, my sister and I got into community theater and there was one night after rehearsals, uh, she came to me and she said, because she's also LGBT plus I should mention, 
uh, so we confide in each other and talk about our thoughts on marriage and relationships and everything. So she came to me in, uh, one night after rehearsals and she said she heard these other people talking at the theater about asexuality and that she felt I was asexual. And so I asked her what it was and she said it means you don't feel sexual attraction. And that was just like the hugest aha moment for me. It was like um. practically heard angel choirs singing. Like, yeah, that's, that's definitely what it is. But I also figured, like, if I tell my parents, hey, I'm asexual, they'd probably be kind of disappointed. So I stayed in the closet until I started going to college. And then I decided to start coming out of my shell a bit more once I got to college, including being more open about my sexuality. So I looked up some subtle ways to show pride, and I found out about the ace ring, which was really cool. I love wearing rings. And then in 2019, on Valentine's Day, I officially came out on social media and started wearing my ring permanently. Also in 2019, I believe I had an opportunity to film an informative video about asexuality for a prolific dating app. I don't know if I can say the name of the prolific dating app, but it's like a really popular one that has to do with matchboxes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Good on you. Yeah, that's impressive. Well, I'd have had to have driven to New York City for filming, so I basically had to tell my dad why I'd be in New York City for the day. And his reaction to that was pretty much verbatim. No, you're not doing that. That's not something you want people to know about. You might change your mind in a few years, and it wouldn't be a good professional look. Ah. Uh. So, yeah, great parenting there. So I just went back into the closet, but I kept wearing my ring in defiance, and I ended up joining the ACE subreddits, and I joined some ACE Discord servers, kept posting the ring on social media just because I figured, like, at this point, I'd known I was asexual for... My brain isn't wanting to do math now, but it was, like, a, a few years now that I'd known I was ace, so I figured I'm not changing my mind, I'm gonna keep saying I'm ace on social media. Mm -hmm. So then also in, in 2019, after the whole fiasco with my dad, I, I got this tiny acting gig, which is relevant, I promise, to the whole story. And the filming was in a little town where they were really accepting of LGBT plus people. Like there were pride flags and ally flags all over the town, and uh, the mayor was actually also LGBT plus too, and so I felt kind of comfortable there. And then one of the other actors on set noticed my ring and asked about it and i almost just lied and said it's for fashion but i figured mm -hmm. I, I might as well just say it and so i so i said like you know it's because it's i'm asexual and uh and the guy was actually super accepting and he ended up telling me too that i could absolutely flip people off <laughs> with <laughs> if they tried to proposition me and so uh, so that felt really great to be accepted by that guy and by the people on the ace subreddits and discord servers so i started showing more pride aside from the ring like i started painting my nails ace colors sometimes and crocheting pride beanies because my parents don't know the ace pride colors so you know i can i can go with showing the frog colors and, and they'll just think it's, it's a fashion statement I'll, I'll sometimes make ace jokes too just kind of reinforcing with my parents without basically saying i'm ace just tell them i don't want to get married or have kids anytime they bring up the subject of getting married and having kids because now they see me being an age where I'm probably going to get married soon. Well, that's what they think. I'm totally not going to get married. That's, so that's basically where I was by the end of last year. And then this really weird thing happened uh, in the last couple of months where my parents started trying to set me up with random dudes at church that I don't even know. And after they tried and failed for the second time to set me up with a guy, they were texting on the family message thread about how the second guy already had a girlfriend. And I kind of just lost impulse control for a second and sent a meme 
of a character in, in a show that I really like, and the character is looking bemused, and all the all the uh, caption just says is asexual silence. And so I came out to my family via meme. And the good news is that since then they haven't tried to set me up with any guys, although I, I really feel that it's going to happen sooner or later again. Bad news is they totally ignored they totally ignored meme. Um didn't even acknowledge it. And yeah. But I have a million more ace memes that I'm can send when they try to set me up with guys in the future. So that's that's pretty much my experience thus far. And aside from my parents kind of ignoring that I'm asexual, I've found that the online communities, like the subreddits and the Discord servers, are really all pretty accepting. Well, it's great that you have people who are supportive at the end of the day, even when your parents are being really Christian. So, like, you don't plan on getting married. Are you aero as well? Or is it just the whole... I I would say I'm demi-romantic, but Uh... just because, like within a catholic marriage too there's there's just other aspects of it things that are required that i wouldn't want to do so it's like i'm totally fine if if i met somebody and i fell in love with them like being in a in a civil partnership or a civil marriage mm-hmm. just like yeah. not all all the bells and whistles are required of a catholic marriage uh, cuz that that's a whole other discussion for a whole other day but there's a lot yeah yeah all right bird oh okay i guess it's <laughs> Yes. All right. Well, I actually have my portion divided into subsections. I see I this. Did this <laughs> I did this under the assumption that there's a there's a possibility I won't get through all of it depending on time limit. I don't know. So I'm just going to go through section by section. Contrary to from what I can tell a lot of people who discovered they were ace as soon as they hit mm-hmm. puberty or thereabouts, I actually am starting to realize just now I may have had quite a bit of internalized ace phobia or somewhere along the lines. Oh. <laughs> like uh, from the beginning, there, there are three major reasons I would say for why I've never actually realized I'm ace until fairly recently, like a couple of months ago. Gosh, how many months is it now? <laughs> Six? Six months? Yeah. Uh, I'm in third year of university. I'm in third year of university and I didn't realize until six months ago. So, yeah, the first reason is, I already referred to this, is I was low-key ace-phobic. I I knew what ace was. It's not that I didn't know what ace was. And I I suddenly found out, no, like, I kind of knew what it was um, in my teenage years. And every time I saw an ace pose, my instinctive reaction is to go, no way that's a real thing. Literally everyone feels that way. Stop trying to make a label just to get attention because you want to be special. Like, that was just my instinctive reaction to it. I would even sort of rant about a little with people I was close to. And they were just like, I don't understand what the big deal is. I don't understand why you're so worked up about this. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I was never like this with other LGBT groups. Like anytime I hear about like what trans people, bi people, gay people, my reaction is just like, sure, you do you, non-binary people. Yeah, you do you. (laughs) Like, I don't Uh mind it. But with Ace, like, I I was really strange. I I was really targeted. So I suppose because I, I, I was in a denial or whatever, but like, yeah, and for a long time, I sort of was in this questioning stage because I didn't feel like I entirely fit with the label of straight, but I also didn't want to be like trying to say I'm something I'm not and neither bi nor lesbian felt right. So uh, for, for a while or any time people ask like, you know, what, what would you call yourself? I just go with questioning because it seemed the easiest. And it's not mm-hmm. wrong. I mean, I was, 
I was questioning. <laughs> I had a lot of questions. I had never had much interest in dating in high school. Generally, I was just really puzzled by teenagers around me getting together and then breaking up after four months. Like, if you're just gonna break up, why are you getting together at all? I thought it was for the free food. I didn't think they were like up to anything. I just thought they were like, they were dating because they were bored and didn't have anything better to do. It was very strange. <laughs> so, reason number two, I always sort of liked the idea of people being attracted to me. Like, um, these are reasons why I didn't realize I was ace, by the way, in case we forgot. Okay, so the second reason is I kind of like the idea of being attractive to people. You know, like, I didn't want to be anyone's sexual fantasy because that's like really unsettling and kind of- Oh, gross. I completely relate to that. No. Yeah, but in terms of like a dating fantasy, like someone wants to like have conversation with me, you know, and they think that like I look good and they have- they think I have like good fa- I don't have good fashion sense, okay? I have shit fashion sense. But if I put effort in, you know, I want someone to notice, like, I did up my hair, ooh. Like, and also because I want to be taken seriously. This might have come from immigrating to Canada when I was little, but I felt like it was difficult to get people to take me seriously sometimes. And I'm also kind of short. <laughs> so, and I, and I also, like, don't have a feminine figure, so I just look like a kid. So, like, I kind of had the thought that if you know, people were attracted to me or whatever. Like, it's an indication of adulthood and like, oh, you should, you should listen to what I have to say now. People are attracted to you doesn't mean they'll listen to what you say, all right? But <laughs> another thing is I, I don't have like Asian features that fit like standard Asian beauty standards. Standard Asian uh. beauty standards. What a great sentence. <laughs> My parents are both Chinese, and in China they sort of value like this really pale, pale skin kind of thing. Yeah, and they yeah. also value mm -hmm. like like a straight nose, you know, like a like a really Western yeah. looking nose and, and double eyelids. And I don't mm -hmm. have any of that, you know. Uh, so I don't oh, really yeah. fit with Asian beauty standards. I, you know, I don't really so much. <laughs> oh God, yeah, it's strict. It's so strict. Yeah, I don't fit with Western beauty so standards either. Mm. Yeah, so it's just like somewhere in between. Awful. I am genuinely <laughs> somewhere in between because I have one mono lid and one like stubble eyelid. Oh my gosh, my little sister. <laughs> <laughs> she hates it. She keeps glaring. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. Yeah, so I guess I was just looking for some sort of affirmation and also because I'm not sure how much is this is influenced by society insisting that women's appearance is like their primary value. Mm -hmm. It gets to me. Another thing is that this is a subsection of liking the idea of people being attracted to me. I keep losing my thoughts. I was kind of scared of loneliness in adulthood is the thing because everyone says that, you know, friendship is difficult to maintain after university mm -hmm. and you or all your friends yeah. are starting families, you know, and you're going to be busy with work and you can't keep in contact. And I yeah. just, I was kind of scared of that. Yeah, I didn't want to end up with like being everyone's third or fourth priority, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, like, I, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of why I'm going with, you know, panromantics and aromantic because I do genuinely want, like, the relationship stuff. Please just maintain your privacy is all, you know? Okay, and then the third reason is, this is, for me, the most embarrassing one. My libido makes itself known through fiction. Like, I'm one of those people who definitely have crushes on uh, fictional characters, and I always figured that this just meant I was an ace. Uh -huh. Yeah, because, like, I wasn't entirely barred from liking, but apparently there is a name for this in the community and it's common and it's mm -hmm. common enough 
as far as I can tell, it's called egosexual, so I suppose that's what I am, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm about to expose myself really badly. I'm only going to do this for the sake of representation, and I will only say this <laughs> once, but it's going on recording. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the earliest fictional crush I had was, like, Percy Jackson, like, from the novels. And oh. then, um, I saw Danny Phantom when I first came to Canada as, like, a little kid, and I knew so little English at the time, I didn't realize Phantom was referring to ghosts. But, yeah, I went and rewatched the show with my little sisters, and I, like, I don't know, I liked the show, and I oh. sort of got a crush. And then, um, for a bit it was Robin, that's why I go by Bird. This is terrible, oh. now y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> But I, you know, I don't anymore. Now it's anime characters, and I will not name names because, yeah, that would be, no. Yeah, you might notice there's no female characters, and it's not because I don't like females. It's it's because they're, they tend to be less well-written, and I tend to be, like, more annoyed at their characterization. And they're also yeah. commonly over-sexualized in comparison. Yeah, I do like androgynous designs, and, like, okay, this is funny, is that... <laughs> The an I, this is a common thing in the anime community, is the characters that everyone proclaim are like really hot, especially the male characters, tend mm -hmm. to look very feminine at the same time. And I'm just, yeah. I'm confused by straight women, okay? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's enough about that. I'm probably gonna melt into a puddle if I try and talk about this more. <laughs> So, in terms of coming out, my friends and family are all really quite chill about me coming out. I guess in part that's because, like, I have rather liberal friends, what with being, being on university campus and such. Uh. Yeah, they don't really care too much either way. Or, or they just, my parents is the case, they, my parents just didn't really know what ace is. You know, when I first told my mom, she was like, oh, don't worry, I was a late bloomer too. I didn't date in my teens either, you know. And then she got really concerned. She didn't raise me properly. I was like, mom, <laughs> it's not your fault. And she was just like, is it because like, okay, um, my father's always like off working and kind of not around. And my mom was just like, is it because like you don't see my your parents being all like romantic with each other and stuff? I'm like, please don't be romantic in front of me. <laughs> y'all are my parents but anyways she's more or less like not really sure how to feel about me being ace she doesn't really think about it as a sexuality she sort of thinks about it as i just don't want to date for whatever reason yeah she would always look at me really hopefully every time i say i'm gonna meet up with a friend she's like i'm like well, what do you want and she's like is it a date i'm like it's not a date oh my god you know or or i don't know like, even if it is i don't want to tell her <laughs> Uh, she she'd expect it's, too much. I just feel like Asian culture, they don't talk about that kind of stuff. They, you know, no, they don't really no. talk about your sexuality. And much like something like asexuality where it's just not as known. How do you even approach that with parents? Thing? Yeah, exactly. Like, my dad doesn't you, know. You have to, like, sit down with your mom and just, like, explain everything? Well, the thing is, is, well, first, my Mandarin's not good enough. I don't have the vocabulary. And I don't think her English is good enough for, for this, uh -huh. you know? So you just gloss over it? I feel like she'll just learn that it's a permanent fixture eventually. I don't know. Probably right now she assumes that this is just, like, because I'm in university and I'm worried about my education. I want to, like, whatever it is. Yeah. Mm. Okay, are you- do you guys want to hear any dating stories? <laughs> um, I- I actually am pretty interested in, like, the whole coming out- coming out thing. Because, 
I'm in like a very similar boat with Chinese. My parents oh. are from China. I was born in the US. There's a big okay. language barrier issue. I have not come out to my parents. Part of the reason is because I know my parents are homophobic, transphobic, whatever. It <laughs> so there's not really a good place for me to begin begin to explain any of that, even if I ever wanted to explain any of that. My parents seem to have this expectation of you'll get married and have two kids kind of thing. Yeah, they want grandchildren. I do yeah, like they seem to want grandchildren. I'm like, I don't really want kids. I I I don't. And they they are not cool with that. <laughs> this is apparently not gonna fly with them, which is mm. eh, problematic. So are your parents accepting of like LGBTQ stuff? I have no idea about my father really. Like, like I said, he's in China right now. Uh, my my mom is a little more like live and let live, you know. Uh, like she's she's sort of like, well, it doesn't really have anything to do with me, so I don't really care. Uh, and and I think one time when she was asking me about like, are you gonna date guys or whatever, and I said I'm not interested in guys, and then she said you're not gay, are you? <laughs> and, and I said to her like. I don't think so. I'm not really interested in girls either. And then, and I and then I turned to her and I kind of just stared her in the eye. Would you have a problem if I was? And she said, Oh no, I'll love you anyways. <laughs> so I, I think she'll be all right. I don't know. But my mom, uh, since since we're on this topic, I suppose I'll talk a little bit yeah. more about my mom. Is she really disliked the misogyny in China? She grew up with uh, a lot of it in her family. So yeah. my mom is the oldest of three siblings, and her youngest brother gets like so much preferential treatment. The family has one boy, and it's her little brother. And she doesn't come from like a super wealthy place, so there's there's no milk or there's no eggs or whatever. And whenever yeah, they had sounds, anything. I, 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 this, this is yeah, yeah. I relate to later oh, yeah. and all that. It's like it's really funny because that my mom is the oldest of three kids and she has a younger brother. <laughs> so oh god, it's really Damn, coincidental. It's the same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like he he would always get like the egg or he would always get like the nice stuff. You know, uh, there was what's one time when she got hit because like she was taking care of him and he fell and ooh. she got hit over it. Yeah, so my, my mom really despises this mentality and for a, actually for a while when I started watching anime she got concerned because she, she was worried I would like absorb the misogynistic Asian mentality of I mean, she's just worried for us. That was, that was a little strange, but she's just worried for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so mostly anything, you know, like, she, she's very open to Western thinking and culture for this reason, I would say. Ah, uh, that's nice. <laughs> I don't know. I, you're, um, I think you're in a bit of a luckier situation than I am with, like, coming out to parents and stuff. Oh, yeah, it's true. I, um, I, I, I am fortunate in this way, I would say. I have a lot of, like, wacky dating stories. <laughs> I, I'd be down <laughs> to hear I have them. here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't realize that um, I was ace for for a while, I sort mm -hmm. of looked around one day and said like, hey, maybe maybe I should like consider dating or or like is education really an excuse when all the all these people I know are like dating regardless of education? Like I didn't have much desire to do it, but I thought it was like a necessary part of life, like a chore. Was it? Was this like in college? Yeah, this was like college, first year and second uh, year of college. Yeah, yeah, and I felt so, and I and I sort of felt like this is something that I need to do to prepare for my future. I don't know, like this is the sort of thing my mom would say too. It's strange. I feel yeah, like my mom doesn't really. Yeah, that sounds like something. Yeah, <laughs> parents go after. <laughs> There was this period of time where I was more open to the idea than I was before, is the point. And there's, here's a series of events. 
that occurred in first year and second year of university. So uh, this was in second year, I think. Yeah, in second year, I started attending these poetry slams at UBC. In my, in my second year at UBC was really stressful, okay? Like, <laughs> I wasn't doing too swell. And I was sort of going to the slams to stress relief and whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, th it wasn't very good that time. I think I just failed midterm or something. And I was literally oh. like to the point of tears. So like this guy at the slam and his sister were like nice and they like went and got me Tim's afterwards. And then we sort of exchanged numbers and we realized that we really like talking about politics and such. So I, mm -hmm. we would just like meet up maybe once every couple of weeks and hang out, maybe have food and talk about politics, you know? But then like later on, this was like four months into hanging out and, and he and he told me that like he felt like I had been coming on to him and that he wasn't interested. And then I said like, you know, I didn't think I was coming on to you, but I hope we can still be friends. And he said, sure. And then he never texted me back again. I was, I don't know, that was a really interesting situation. I thought we were just like hanging out, but I guess That's it didn't look- a bit of a douche move. Yeah, I, I guess mean... it didn't look like that from the other perspective is all I can say. Or maybe it's like, I don't know. I've noticed that because of being ace, a lot of things that might be taken a one way, I just don't pick up on because why uh, would it register in my little ace brain? <laughs> so maybe it was something like that. I don't know. I suppose like maybe it registered on some level because like I said, I was sort of more open to dating at this time. Mm -hmm. It's it's not like I wouldn't notice because dude literally invited me over to his parents' house once, you know, and, and uh. like, yeah, we, we have enough media and TV shows to sort of get a hint at these things. But I was still kind of like, why can't we just be friends? Why you gotta be so weird about that? <laughs> it's okay, I have other friends. It wasn't very good. And it was like my first experience with anything related to this. Okay, and then there was also this Indian guy that my roommate was absolutely convinced I had a crush on me because okay not just her apparently the whole fucking like dorm like everyone because uh every time this guy had like problems with school apparently or like problems with his roommate he would like show up at me and my roommate's room he would show up at our place and sort of like just complain for a while <laughs> and, then, and then ask us for advice on like his essay and whatever <laughs> You know, I didn't think anything of it, but apparently everyone's convinced that he liked me. And I know for a fact he didn't, okay? Because he already told me he liked her. He already told me he liked my roommate. So, <laughs> so probably, I don't know. We haven't hung out in a while since COVID. Yeah. But I'd like to. I don't know. He, he majors in political science, so we talk about politics. Oh my god, I talk about politics with everyone. I literally talk about <laughs> politics with everyone. Okay. <laughs> Dude, invite me on for an ace episode where we just talk about politics. I swear <laughs> to god. Oh, and um, there's this one other person that mm -hmm. actually told me that he did have a crush on me. Like, to my face. Well, it's not oh. to my face. It was over Zoom. Close enough. I think I think the reason he didn't tell me until after he got over the crush is he said it wasn't gonna be a thing because like first he was Christian I was atheist and that's, that just kind of wasn't compatible and I kind of yeah, understand that. that yeah and the other reason was because one time when we were hanging out I forgot all about this until he brought it up but there was this one time we were hanging out and he asked me my opinion on dating and I responded with I feel like no one should date while they're getting an education it's a waste of time like focus on your studies <laughs> so. So he was just like, all right, I, I guess that's, that's all the signal that, signaling yep, he needed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, we're still good friends, though. That reminds me, I should text him back. God. 
<laughs> yeah, I should I should text him back. It's been it's been a while. Now I feel guilty. All right. Yeah, so that was my sordid dating history. Um, before I realized I was ace. There's still some more stories after I realized I was ace. <laughs> but we have time, unless Macalus, you wanna have commentate something. Yeah, you haven't talked in a bit. <laughs> I mean, I think I've pretty much said my whole thing. I've I've never dated. I've also always kind of had the mindset of I didn't want to date while getting an education because I wanted to focus on my education. Mm. Also, wasn't allowed to in high school. So, yeah, I really have no experience in that department. So I think I'm pretty much good. I hear it's like a Christian thing where the idea is you don't really date or like you date with the intention of marriage. Yeah, that uh, that's pretty much how I've seen it as like you, you don't date in high school and then like right out of high school or, or right out of college you're kind of expected to find one person who's supposed to be the person for you and then you're supposed to get married and live happily ever after. Mm. Like, how long is this courting period supposed to be? It, it can really depend. I think general consensus is usually about six months, but it can it can be shorter or longer. S six months? Oh my god. <laughs> I, man. Oh, yeah, yeah and, uh, and don't go on on chaperone dates. That's another one. Chaperone dates? Yeah, like, you have to have a third person there if you two, if the couple's going out on a date so that, you know, you don't start doing things you're, you know, not supposed to do before marriage. Okay, then. I suppose it's the benefit of being ace. <laughs> That's not gonna be a concern. Exactly. It's, it's a bit, bit, and I will say, though, a lot of the, the stranger aspects of, of Catholicism and especially, like, having to do with relationships isn't actually at all about Catholic theology. It's just people who don't know Catholic theology trying to state their own opinion as theology. Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, that's Yeah, I, I did mention being atheist. And it's not so much because I don't think uh, God is an absolute non-possibility. Like, if there's a higher power that exists beyond the universe, like, who am I to know anything about that, really? Or have an opinion yeah. on it? Yeah. It's more like, um, I don't see any reason why Catholicism is a more legitimate belief than Buddhism or, you know, uh, the other Abrahamic religions or anything. Like, from an outside Islam, perspective. Judaism, yeah. <laughs> Were you raised atheist? Oh yeah, I was. Uh, so never really had that in my family. I suppose that's like a because you were Chinese, right? That tends to be the case. Yeah, Chinese. A lot of atheists, Chinese. Chinese. Mm -hmm. Same Chinese here. Is, Chinese is aggressively secular. <laughs> it's it's a uh, godless yeah. country. Godless commies, everyone. <laughs> oh god. Oh, man. oh, I have a question from Michaelis. Yeah. In terms of the courting period, do you, are you guys allowed to like break it off or like have have another partner after a time? You know, like how often is it that you date multiple people? You know, is that is that a thing that happens or not as often? I it, it can happen, but it's just like generally not encouraged as far as I've seen, because then it's like oh they they think like people are gonna get loose like if they have more than one person they dated and it's, and uh, there, there's a lot of like, again it's just people thinking their personal opinion is, is bible truth so like there's a, a lot of the idea that you and your partner really need to be only on the same wavelength as far as your views on catholicism go like it doesn't matter what other differences of opinion you have just so long as you're both catholic kind of you can get married and, and make it work which is why like even among catholics there's there's a high 
divorce statistic, and that's what they don't mention uh, when they're telling you about, oh, get married right out of high school, is that, you know, you're probably going to end up getting divorced because you kind of have to be compatible with your partner. You can't just wear the same religion and everything's going to work out. It always weirded me out to hear Catholic couples say, like, you know, first is my relationship with God, and then it's my relationship with this person. It's like, that's strange. That's so strange to me. What? <laughs> if you're gonna have, like, a relationship with God, then why are you having a relationship with a person? If, like, you're not focusing on, on their needs as well. Yeah, that seems to be, like, a lot of people go putting God at the center of that marriage or relationship. Yeah. How how does, the, like, the Catholic Church and stuff look upon divorce? I'm assuming it's frowned upon. Yeah, pretty much, um... There are annulments which are allowed, which basically doesn't mean that you're no longer married to the person. It just basically means like you were never married to the person in the first place. Divorces aren't generally allowed because of like the uh, the whole part in the Bible, like what God has put together, let no man put asunder. But in certain cases, it is allowed. For example, I, I won't try to get too much into detail about it because the situation doesn't really involve me, but there was a woman that I know who, for her own safety and the safety of her children, was advised to divorce her husband. And so, in, like, in cases like that, divorce is definitely encouraged. Like, if, if it's for your own safety or for the safety of your children, because then divorce is, is a, a very uh, legal procedure. So then if you can legally just completely exclude somebody who might put you at harm's or put you in risk of harm, then it's it's really good to actually have that legal recourse. Um. That honestly sounds like, ugh, I'm not, I'm, it's not exactly that this is Islamophobic. Oh, we're getting into politics again. Is, I remember, please don't take my word as the end all be all for it. I just saw a YouTube video on this, okay? But, Okay. But some YouTuber had said at one point that in the Islamic religion, actually mm -hmm. disciplining your wife and like hitting your wife mm -hmm. is not frowned upon. Or it's not... in the Quran. Yeah. Yeah. I think. And can I take a stab at the YouTuber? Go on. That? Go on. Cosmic skeptic. I, I see Cosmic skeptic, but this is actually Theremin trees. Ah. I, okay. I recommend Theremin trees. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about, Thurman I don't know. It was really interesting for me to see it because it made me think about how the left side of the political spectrum really likes- This is turning to politics. The left side of the political <laughs> spectrum really likes to group together like similar minority groups or at least the media portrays it as such. So it feels like feminism is a left idea. So is LGBT. So is, you know, rights for minority groups. What are some oppressed minority groups? Well, there's like black people, there's like uh, Islam, you know, and it just kind of put mm -hmm. them all into one box where you feel mm -hmm. almost like somehow Islam is supposed to support like feminism. And, and somehow, like, all black people are supposed to support, like, LGBT as well. And they, and they have a lot of, like, intersectionality dialogue. It's like, you can still be black and misogynistic. You know, it's like, not yeah. to say you're not oppressed and, and the, you're, you don't live in a white supremacist society. Not, not to say that, but, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're, you, you're allied with all the left ideas just because you're in one. Yeah. I think you can probably still be, like, feminist and racist, you know? 
Oh yeah, there's definitely people who convolute those ideas. I that's just that's just an interesting thing to me in the modern in in modern discourse. But I guess similarly for conservatives, like y you have to be like Christian and support small government. Like yo, does anyone know any like I I can certainly think of Christians who are not conservative, but like mm -hmm. conservative Christians who don't support all Christ all conservative things. I don't know too much about the topic. I mean, a lot of the um, GOP voting bloc are evangelical Christians, right? Yeah. So I suppose part of their policies have to play into favoring that group of people or else they lose the votes there. Uh, I'm definitely thinking about like, there's a large community, I'm bringing up YouTube again, but there's a large community on YouTube that are um, atheists, but kind of pushing conservative thought, you know? They, they tend to be the, the group of people who like laughs at radical, not just radical feminists, but radical feminists are terse, but uh... laughs at like feminists or like bad acceptance or like certain LGBT groups. I, not, I don't think I can think of any. Oh, there's um the armored skeptic. Is, I have not heard of that person. You have not heard of that person? No. There's a, there's also Shion Head who's actually dating Armored Skeptic. Sorry, I don't have a COD. Nope, nope. Guys, Dana, please like <laughs> link these. <laughs> so, that, so no. damn it. Oh my god. I they, they, know, yeah, um, atheist YouTube. Uh, atheist YouTube, they're weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand that there's like kind of a split spectrum there, but I dabble mainly on one side, I think. Like, um, well, sort of modify skeptic, positive skeptic, um, holy blade, that group. That's what I'm more familiar with. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't know. You, YouTube is a bit of a is a bit of a sinkhole. Oh, there's mm, yeah. Like like there was this period of time when I was like watching certain conservative atheist YouTubers, you know, and it was mm -hmm. and YouTube would slowly start recommending you like more and more conservative talking points. Oh, yeah, and you're watching they do like that. Ben Shapiro and you're like, yes, and then you're watching like the great replacement. <laughs> Is this, how did I get here? The Great Replacement is like aka white genocide, aka all the non-white people are gonna come and have more babies than the white people and the white people need to like do border control to stop this. Alright. So yeah, that's yeah, um, very far right. Neo-Nazis, if anything. Um, I know like the YouTube algorithm does try to do that. <laughs> it tries to slowly push you in to be more extreme as far as like the algorithm goes, which is interesting, I suppose. How did we get from asexuality to this? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, okay. I, I like to talk politics a lot, okay? <laughs> now you know how the dates went. They, they kind of just went like this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure just politics this. is very good for a state conversation, you know? <laughs> we gotta know where people's alignments are. You know, can you imagine you get married and then suddenly you find out they don't do abortion? It's like, oh, wait. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, no, the conversation definitely needs to happen, I'm just saying, like, as a first date. <laughs> as a first date. <laughs> Strong. Oh I my don't God. know. I talk about, like, I talk about this with everyone. I'm just, I, I don't know. Conversation <laughs> topics, no, no bounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if people are receptive to, you know, having a conversation, why not, right? <laughs> Is there anything else that we need to talk about, or...? I kind of have another thing I want to ask, Mikhaels. Sure. Like, what's your personal view on Catholicism, like, being someone who was raised in it and things? I think it's definitely an important part of my life, and I'm kind of of the opinion, though, that it's, it's, 
just what I'm doing. Like, if I find somebody else who's not Catholic, I'm not gonna start proselytizing. I think that's a good way to turn people away from religion. If you want them to convert, just be like, hey, here's why everything you're doing goes against my religion now. Don't you want to convert? And it's like um, a, a big part of Catholic teaching that um, a lot of people I've noticed seem to overlook is just being like charitable to other people and accepting them and loving them for who they are. And so that's like what I try to focus on. But like to me, I guess the best way to put it for Catholicism and myself, it's basically between me and God and like every everybody else's personal opinion that they're trying to push on me as like oh that's what the Catholic Church teaches. I'm just going to ignore that because it's it's just their opinion. It has absolutely nothing to do with the actual religion. And and so I just try to educate myself with the actual theology and, and actually know what that is. And then just chat with God about stuff that's on my mind. Oh, that's mm -hmm. a that's a pretty good approach to it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It also sometimes involves trolling idiots on this radical traditionalist forum. Um, uh, yeah, I, I found this forum where they are pretty misogynistic, and I'm also going to guess mostly white supremacist. And it's oh. just fun sometimes to go on there and, and mess with their heads because they're just really stupid. You're not. Gonna, I'm never going to be able to actually convince them that that they're wrong because they're just so intent on like, oh, every woman needs to get married right out of high school and start keeping house and popping a baby baby out every year oh and by the way anybody who's not white is probably a terrorist and inferior it's like yeah no sorry what was that you're saying again about charity about the racism in christianity is kind of strange to me because it just doesn't seem to have any basis from what i know of the bible not that i've read much of it i mean if I'm being honest here, but like, there just seems to be almost no basis for it. There isn't really, because because again, it comes back to the you know pretty much every book in the Bible. Well, okay, not every book in the Bible, but a lot of books in the New Testament are like, hey, you need to treat other people with the same kindness you would want to be treated with. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And also, like, Jesus wasn't a Norse god. So, like, where does that white supremacy even come from? Thank you for listening. If you would like to see behind-the-scenes stuff or be a guest on this podcast, you can get in touch with us on Instagram at nightsandnope and Reddit, you slash nightsandnope. You can also email us at acasualexchange at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Send us any comments, concerns, or questions. That's all from us today, and we'll see you guys in two weeks. A Casual Exchange was created by the Knights of Nope, producing and editing credits go to Dana. This podcast is hosted by Allie. Music credits are in the description. 